Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Hello and welcome to everyone watching and listening. This is the Genesis Church Conversations podcast, and I am Chris Creech, the worship and children's pastor over at Genesis Church, and I am joining Jeff Stott, our lead pastor, as we continue this series on emotional discipleship. And today we're going to be talking about grief, but I think we're going to talk about the series some a little bit first. So let's do that. Yeah. So uh, for those who may be listening to grief because the subject grabs your attention, uh, we're really uh, in the middle of a uh, series on emotional discipleship. And so in episode one, Chris and I talked about what is emotional discipleship. And then we talked about the uh, different stages of emotional maturity and what that looks like. And, uh, and so I would encourage you to go for you to go back to episode one, uh, cause throughout the series, I'll, I'll refer to the emotional parent, emotional infant, emotional child, and that'll give you a, a frame of reference, uh, to know what, what I'm talking about. Um, then, uh, Billy Johnson and I, a friend of mine, who's also a, uh, a police officer here in town, uh, we talked about dealing with anger and what that looks like, your anger and dealing with the anger of others. Um, and uh, as Chris said, we'll be talking about grief today, but then the ones coming up um, are uh, a friend of mine and the director of missions of this area, uh, Preston Thompson. Uh, we sat down and we talked about fear and how that affects Christians in ministry and churches uh, from moving forward and making necessary changes and uh, and, and coming up, we'll be talking to Jason Goble, who is a church planner in Illinois. And we have Jacob, part- Jacob, you know, every time I, 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 okay. So Jacob, uh, if you're listening to this, I want to tell you, cause he and I had this conversation, Jacob, I saw I it in an email this morning. I saw yes. it in one of your emails that said, Jason. And I was like, Jeff, man, come on, dude. Oh, man. Oh. And so, uh, uh, so you're talking to Jacob, Jacob yes. Goebel, uh, and I, uh, and I, I don't know why I, I've got it locked in my head and I have called him Jason tons of times. Okay. So, uh, Jacob, uh, and I, we are, we talking about jealousy, uh, what it is and what it's not. And by the way, uh, on this jealousy thing, I have been disappointed with the research, uh, because, most of the research I found from a Christian's perspective uh, uses jealousy and envy synonymously. And it's not it, And the Bible doesn't even sure. treat it that way. You know what I'm saying? But yet in the, uh, because the difference is, you know, when envy is you got what I want. Mm-hmm. Jealousy is you either are taking something from me that belongs to me or I perceive belongs to me. It's very close. That's so, interesting. So that that's why sense. God is yes. jealous, is a jealous God, God but he's a not a jealous God, not an envious God. Right. 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 So, right. And, and the reason why this is disappointing for me is because you can't treat something if you don't accurately identify what it is. Right. So if we're treating somebody struggling with envy versus jealousy, well, that's two different animals, very close. And you see, even, I mean, even as a kid, I'm thinking, you know, back to like the Berenstain Bears and stuff, <laughs> you know, all of our kids books would treat them the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a time when I've heard them treated differently. I don't think I'm yeah. coming up with one. Culturally, they're, they're treated the same. Right. Biblically, they're treated differently. Biblically, they would be different. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, because cool. even the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, the Bibles talk about it, where they were jealous of Jesus. Right. And the reason they were jealous is because the crowds were following him right. and uh, because they perceived that the crowd, that right. the crowd belongs to them, not Jesus. Right. And, and so you could have both. I mean, you could be jealous and envious. Right. But yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and that's what, yeah. And that's why the reason why we had to make a distinction on that. Uh, well, when we do the podcast, we're gonna make a distinction on it is because uh, the Bible is very specific about getting rid of jealousy right. and, and there's a, you know, there's a godly jealousy and an ungodly 
Yeah. Sure. Just like we're going to talk today about grief. Sure, there's, sure. A, there's good grief and bad grief. All right. So, and then uh, Kate Shaw and I are going to end with uh, this in the series on uh, being easily offended, which uh, I think is very appropriate with what's happening in our culture. And uh, like three days ago, <laughs> yeah. So we're recording on March 31st. So, yeah. so yeah. Uh, uh, oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that could also go in the anger category, but okay. Yeah, that could go. And <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, all right. Um, now, uh, before we get into grief, uh, I want to do uh, what I'm calling an emotional discipleship point, an emotional discipleship principle, just something very generic. And uh, all right. So, when I am dealing with someone who's very emotional, okay, so somebody who's very angry uh, or they're very depressed. Uh, they're in deep grief. Um, okay. So I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle any of these motions, but these individuals is what is to me, they are emotionally drunk. All right. So when I'm dealing with an emotionally drunk person, like, you know, anger, grief, jealousy, fear, whatever. Um, I just let them talk. I let them yell. I let them cry. I let them vent. I don't interrupt uh, because at that moment when they're emotionally drunk, they're not going to receive anything. I mean, it's just like, right. I mean, literally it's like talk, trying to talk wisdom into a drunk person, you know, that's under the influence of alcohol. When you are controlled by anger or you're controlled by grief, you're emotionally drunk. And, and there are times where as Christians, we try to fix people when they're emotionally drunk and they're not, they're not there yet. And really all they need to do is emotionally sober up. And that may take time. And there are times where somebody will call me and man, I can tell they are wound up right. about something. Okay. <laughs> and they're emotionally drunk mm -hmm. and, um, I will listen to them over the phone and then I'll set up a time to meet with them. But I rarely, I mean, 99 out of hundred times rarely meet with them that day as much as they, Pastor, I need to talk right now. I just need to. Uh, well, we can talk on the phone, but sure. you know, sure. Real and help. There are differences with like emergencies and stuff, obviously. Right. But absolutely, yeah. But it is very much. I mean, think about the last time you got into a fight with somebody and you said, you know, hey, calm down, man. Yeah. You know, how did that go? Yeah. You know, <laughs> did that make it better? And no. you have to do that. Sometimes there's a. Yeah. It's a cooling off period. Yeah, and I find that when it comes to counseling people. Mm -hmm. giving them advice i mean when we're moving into that stage of right. this uh emotional discipleship um at least 24 hours they've got to go to bed sleep get up the next day right. and um and then let's let's talk mm -hmm. and so sure. just for those who are listening and just when you're thinking about the emo your emotions and the emotions of others uh just kind of keep that in mind because uh, most of the time when people are you know emotionally drunk uh, we already know what we're going to say. We know what they mm -hmm. need to hear. We know what they need to do. Right. But emotionally, they, they're not going to hear it. They're not going to do it. You know, mm -hmm. they are, yeah. just, they've just got to get the stuff out and, right. uh, you know, talk about it, say some things and, and process it ever how they need to process it. Mm -hmm. So, all right, there is the emotional discipleship principle, uh, that I wanted to share one. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, oh, and by the way, on that, you have, it is hard not to get drunk with them. Okay. A lot of times, you know, cause, um, anger is contagious. Mm -hmm. All right. You know, anxiety is contagious, all that stuff. Fear is contagious. And a lot of times when you, right. somebody's emotionally drunk, you become drunk with them in the sense. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you're as mad as they are. And oh, yeah. you know, how dare they say that to you, especially if it's a friend that's, you know, all wound mm -hmm. up yep. and you have got, to make sure you don't drink from the same well at that moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. All right. So, uh, let's, uh, all right. So today we are talking about grief and to get us started, what, mm -hmm. uh, I want Chris now to do is we're going to talk a little bit about our own grief, our own journey mm -hmm. with grief. So, um, what experiences and grief have you encountered in your life? So that's interesting. Most of, I, so I watched The Office, and there's this part where 
you, you know you watch the office right i've seen it so all of I've andy seen. bernard is like yeah. talking about this is the hardest thing i've ever done and then he says like i haven't had a very hard life and that i mean to a degree that's where i'm at i mean my experiences with large-scale grief are few and far between um you know a few deaths in my family you know grandparents things like that it, and ultimately i think that some of those experiences have you know been good grief and bad grief like you said and so i haven't i haven't dealt with it a ton in my own life i have helped others deal with it to a degree and so i don't know i think we have a at genesis our um age demographic is a little bit younger probably and so i I don't know that they might be in the same boat as me you know we might be talking to people who are going well you know um i haven't had that much experience with grief because there aren't a lot of say family members or friends who have died but um you know grief can come out in other ways too and there are times when we can grieve other things we can grieve um loss of like you know some people grieve like a loss of what might have been if they had made another decision some people grieve other things like that and so um i think we've all had experiences like that with grief even though we might not tag them as grief and that's a really roundabout way of saying grief manifests in different forms i don't know that i've had a lot of experiences with very heavy grief so that's where i'm at it's 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 weird man and so yeah um and there seems to be different intensities with grief. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one, I mean, two people can go through the exact same type mm-hmm. of event in one grieve at a deeper level than the other over the same situation. Right. Um, okay. So like for me, okay. When I was thinking about that question and I was thinking of things mm-hmm. I've grieved through, uh, I will say to you that that question, um, caused me to think i hadn't really thought about some of the things i want to tell you mm-hmm. as something i grieved over but uh but i but i did and in some ways i'm still doing it and, and you'll see what i mean okay so for example all right now when i was younger i think the first time i experienced i mean like grief uh, now this is not trauma- traumatic to me today, but man, it was then I was like a teenager. Uh, I know I could drive. So I think I'm about 16 and we had these cats. We had them for years. Well, one of them got really sick and he was laying on the uh, driveway, like in the garage. Uh, and he wasn't me was just laying there and, and he wasn't not acting right. So that I came in from school and there he was, he was still in the same spot. Hadn't moved all day. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that he had um, vomited and pooped where he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, not moving. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was breathing and he was kind of whining. Make a long story short, and I don't know if uh, this, you know, I don't know if this is legal today, but here's what we did. <laughs> uh, my mom said, Well, Jeff, you just need to take, it, take him out to uh, Papaw's because they had some land and some woods and stuff. And they, you just need to go ahead and end its life and bury it. And so I had a 22 rifle and, yeah. uh, so I, I grabbed the cat, put the cat in my truck, uh, got rid of my rifle, went out to, uh, my granddad's house, went out in the woods, found a spot, uh, dug a hole. Oh, I had grabbed my shovel, dug a hole and, uh, uh, put the cat in the hole and, uh, and just shot it in his head. All right. Now I want to tell you that at that moment, I had never done that before. And I remember I, I was that I loved the cat. I mean, he'd been for, mm-hmm. you know, and he was my pet. It wasn't really the parents. He's my pet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, his name was fluffy. So there mm-hmm. you are. Um, and, <laughs> and I remember I was shaking. My hands were just shaking, you know, cause I, cause it was just so traumatic for me to have to mm-hmm. kill this animal that I really cared about. And, um, and I remember thinking, what in the world is wrong with me? You know, this is also a normal, 
like you grew up in Arkansas, I grew up in South Carolina. This is a normal Southern experience. The people that are listening are like, oh my gosh, you killed an, you shot an animal. Right. It's like, yeah, we, we do that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Just so everybody knows, we're so, not yeah, right. murderers. We no, have killed some animals. Yes. We love animals. I love animals. Absolutely, man. Right. Yeah. This is not a, I'm sick of this cat. Boom. Right. You know? Right. No, this is, uh, you know, but again, we're talking, oh my word, we're talking almost 40 years ago now. Well, not for me, but yeah. Well, anyway, because <laughs> uh, it was, I, I guess, 37. 35 36 37 years ago so you know different time different place but anyway that was traumatic all right so uh and then the next time i felt like i lost something and we'll get into the definition of grief in a moment the was when my papa uh that's what i call my granddad um when he passed away and i mean he got uh dementia and alzheimer's and all that kind of stuff yeah. and so um and he it was a slow death and just you know I, you know for those who've gone through it you, you understand what i'm talking about so um to see him i mean he was a big man you know he's like he was tall like i am and uh he was a hard worker you know he hunt he fish you know what i'm saying that kind of thing he worked for this oil company but he was one yeah. of those hard hat guys you know and but super nice i loved him to death he was funny and enjoyed him and uh but anyway and so when he passed away um there was some grief there for me and mm -hmm. that was the first time i uh i had someone that was close to me uh pass away right. then let's fast forward to a little bit when i'm a little older now i'm married i got kids my kids are you know were uh they were already adults and so then my my dad passed away all right. But now this is where grief gets weird for me because, uh, my wife and I, we were standing. All right. So I'm an only child. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm down there. We're taking care of the funeral stuff and I'm at the funeral home and we're Pam and I are the first ones there and the funeral director person, this is down in Arkansas. And so the funeral director person comes up to me and says, Hey, do you want an open casket or, 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 or not? And I said, no. And because he had, uh, he had some issues uh, like yeah. physically and he had lost all the way. It was sure. skin and bones. Sure. And so I said, you know what, let's just have a closed cast because he looks terrible. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, um, uh, they closed the casket and, um, I, I, okay, no. Okay. Let me back up before I tell you what I did. <laughs> um, I did not have a love relationship with my dad. Okay. I mean, he was an alcoholic most of his life in and out of jail for those who don't know. And so, uh, you know, he was, he had a lot of issues, did a lot of terrible things. And so, um, and for, for me, when at that moment, when they closed the casket, um, I started crying and Pam said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I said, I said, I'm not great. And, and I said this, and I'm not being mean or anything. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm not grieving because I miss him. I'm grieving mm -hmm. because of the life that we never had. Right. Sure. Sure. Okay. So now all of a sudden we're not talking about, we're not, we're not talking about acute grief and acute right. grief is when something happens immediately. It's short term. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, an acute grief is, you know, for me was the cat. Okay. It happened. Yeah. Didn't sit coming Had boom, you know, learn from it. But now all of a sudden I'm realizing at, at after some reflection, I realized my grief for my dad was not about his death, but it was a, a journey of a lifetime that, you know, you know how, you know how, you know, kids are, I man, they want to have a dad. Right. That's, right. Sure. That's normal. You know right, sure, say sure, absolutely. That loves being with you. Pat gives you advice, teaches you how to do things, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, but you know, right. my dad was not that kind of a dad. So, sure. um, so there was some grief there and, um, uh, one more example. And then mm -hmm. on, on my little journey with grief, sure. uh, in some ways I'm not comparing myself to Jesus, but you know, the older I get, the more of a man of sorrows, I feel like, you know, yeah. okay. Because, you know, if you live long enough, you're going to grieve, you're going to lose stuff. Yeah. But one, another thing I've, uh, I'm noticing I am currently mm -hmm. grieving over is, uh, getting older. Because oh, uh, yeah. Because, yeah, uh, um, you know, when you can't do things you used to do, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, you know, I've got a back that pinches my nerve, a uh, nerve, in my back. It's mm -hmm. my feet hurt all the time because of it, because it's a nerve that goes in my feet. And so, uh, run, I used to run. 
mm-hmm. a lot. It used to be a lot skinnier because of it, but over the over the last well, since I got to Mexico over the last yeah. 10 years or so, I mean, I've gained probably 50, 60, 70 pounds. And mm-hmm. uh so I'm grieving over that. Um and just you know, you 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 know mm-hmm. you, I'm not 30 anymore. Sure. Uh, and w- if I'm going to do something, I need to get it done. Cause I'm mm-hmm. thinking, man, I got probably 15 good years, maybe. Left. Right. Right. 20. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't have 50 good years. Right. Left. Right. All right. So, uh, um, now, now let me say this, uh, I, we are, what's ironic is that we are doing this podcast on grief in the midst of Pam's dad passing away. So at this moment, while I'm talking, the room right above me is uh roger pam's dad that's mm-hmm. his room he lives with us and uh, he's on hospice and right. you know he's according to nurse got a few weeks left so right. we are in the middle of this atmosphere of grief we've had some family members coming in basically coming in with rogers saying goodbye is really what they're doing and spending right. some last moments with them uh you know sometimes he's aware of what's going on sometimes he's not so watching people grieve and hearing their conversations uh we did not do this grief podcast in because of what's happening in the house so right. I, I but i do find it interesting that and that we're talking about this and so for me a lot of this this grief conversation is kind of fresh and this is not sure, something sure. out there for me this is something in here for me so mm-hmm. um all right so uh man i tell you what we have got a lot to talk about when it comes yes. to grief uh and there's no that. way we're going to cover it all but uh we're going to cover <laughs> some right. of it um all right oh let's see here let's uh jump down here and we're, we're mm-hmm. going to come back to that isaiah 45 thing i want to talk about mm-hmm. a little bit but let's get into the meaning of grief a little bit we've already done that but uh, since we've already started it i want to yeah. just branch out on it uh so Chris, you had kind of rattled off some areas of grief mm-hmm. so that people experience. Sure. So the definition that we're using today in this podcast is this. Mm-hmm. Grief is the emotional response to a real loss, mm-hmm. anticipated loss, or perceived loss. Right. Okay. So you can grieve even though you haven't lost anything. Mm-hmm. Or you can grieve on what you think you might be losing right. in the future. Right. Um you know, so let's talk about some examples just to kind of throw some things out there. You got any more examples of grief that would fit into that definition? Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of stuff in there because nobody said, nobody said this has to make sense. Right. But I mean, when you're talking about a perceived loss, I mean, we've, we've dealt with people before. And I mean, I've done it before where we are grieving over something that meant nothing or nothing to anybody else, maybe something to us, or that it doesn't mean anything to anybody. And that doesn't make any sense at all. But we didn't say that it has to make sense. Sometimes our emotions don't make sense. And so when you start talking about the idea of a perceived loss, I mean, any any grief or anything can fit into that grief, because it only has to be something that you something that triggers that grief, whether it's real or not. And so I mean, you know, you've seen people you know, cry when their stocks go down. I mean, you know, and at that point, it's like, yes, that is sad. You might have lost some money. But in the long run, you know, you knew the game and you knew this might happen. And so things like that, where, where, even though the people around you don't think it's a loss, you know, grief is still triggered in you at that point. And so I mean, there are, when you start fitting it into that definition, almost anything can trigger grief. Um, outside of the devastating losses you know you were talking about your your granddad dying that was actually um you know outside of pets like you said again it was a very similar story to mine you know you get your pets dying when you're a kid and then when I got a little bit older my granddad died and that was absolutely devastating to me and so um you know so we're talking about those devastating losses that lead to grief but ultimately man i mean when you start thinking about little things that you're grieving over it can be just about anything yeah and and here's the thing when most people are not self-aware enough and they haven't been trained how to pay attention to their emotions i mean some people are just sort of naturally like that they're very Mm -hmm. self-aware sure um and they don't know they're grieving yeah you know they don't they just 
it's sort of normal to them somehow, you know? Right. So, um, and they don't even know how to talk about it. And, uh, cause it's so new to them to think about grief in the sense of I'm grieving, you know, because I'm getting older, you right. know, or I'm grieving or this anticipated, uh, loss, you know, with anticipatory, anticipatory grief is what it's called. Yeah. And yeah. so like, when you know that your spouse is being diagnosed there, there are a lot of times, okay, so I'll do funerals and somebody dies, but there's hardly no crying. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, but it's a wonderful guy that, or a woman that just passed right. away. And, uh, but the reason is most because it, but it was a prolonged death. Right. Um, and most people grieved prior to right. the actual death. So right. this happens when people anticipate losing their job. Right. Okay. Uh, or they, some parents will experience this when they anticipate their children moving out. Right. Now I did it, not. Okay. I want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love my kids, but I did not grieve when they went off to college. I want to tell you. Okay. <laughs> and I will say with that anticipated grief, it doesn't make it, you know, everybody says, um, well, that doesn't make it easier. That's true. It doesn't make it easier, but it does kind of shorten the time after the event sometimes. Right. And they used to do this thing. I don't know if they still do it or not, but um, they used to draw this, uh, in counseling they would draw this grief box have you ever seen the grief box maybe but or whatever yeah. it's a box so they draw this box and they draw a grief button on the side all right and when that button gets hit that's what triggers your grief and there's this giant ball inside that's bouncing and it's just pounding on that grief button right and so over time the grief button doesn't go away but the ball shrinks and so the ball kind of stops hitting it quite as much and so and that is that process of grief it eventually every once in a while i mean look i mean my granddad died when i was a senior in high school or a junior in high school i mean i'm talking i graduated in like 05 and so i mean you know almost 20 years ago every once in a while you know that tiny little ball just pounds on that button and you're like oh man you know and so um so while the grief doesn't get easier we do progress through it at different rates and we can progress through it in advance of an event. We can begin that process to make it. I have never sure. heard that about that. Sense? Oh yeah. That, that grief box. I've never heard of that is a yeah. good man. That's a good visual. Yeah, man, um, it really is. I wish I had come up with it. <laughs> I'll give you credit for it. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Let's talk about this grief box uh, concept for just a little bit because, um, all right. One of the lessons that I, I had to learn mm -hmm. for me personally was that, you know, sometimes I'll hear Christians just tell people, man, you just need to get over it and move on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So first of all, I mean, I know what they're trying to say. Okay. Let's discuss unhelpful things to say. Right. <laughs> That's one of them. All right. Um, that is usually what somebody says when they don't know what to say, but they feel like yes. they need to say something. All right. Um, all right. So here is the point about grief, um, that I learned. You don't really get over grief. You absorb right. it into who you are. Right. Absolutely. And I think I may Absolutely. have mentioned this in another podcast, but in case I didn't, I'm going to say it again. Uh, mm -hmm. I was reading a book and they were I talking about that grief. was in there. Huh? It's time to move on with your life. <laughs> what not to this is the best kids counseling book i've yeah, ever owned time to move on your i life. knew it was in there man. right anyway go ahead okay. and, and you may have to have that because if people right. get entrenched in grief and, and they're that's not, where we can talk about healthy and unhealthy grief right yeah, yeah that's right so and um because there are times where people get trapped in grief and it, they yes. can't go to work they can't function right they still got kids they need to take care of mm -hmm. you know i don't know whatever's going on so, uh, you may have to have those tough conversations, but, right. uh, said, Hey, why are you trapped here? Okay. But absorbing grief. So I was reading this book one time and it was about grief or the section <laughs> I was reading was about grief. And the guy was explaining how, when an animal dies out in the woods, it just gets absorbed by the ground. Sure. It doesn't really go away. It's just absorbed into the ground. And he was saying, that's how grief is. He said it becomes a part of who you are, whether you know right. it or not. It begins, right. it shapes you somehow. And we'll talk about that here at, near the end about how mm -hmm. does grief benefit us 
How does it help us become a better follower of Jesus, help us become better people and uh, for his glory? And how does he use that in our life? And so, uh, so what I'm saying is that this, when you're, if you're grieving, or if you know somebody who's grieving, uh, don't try to push them through grief. Right. Okay. Cause there are some lessons to learn there. All right. So, um, all right. Isaiah 45, three mm-hmm. is a very interesting verse to me yes. in this context, because Isaiah 45, three in it, God says something a little strange mm-hmm. to most Christians ears, because we've been taught one thing about grief and darkness. He says this, Isaiah 45, three, he says, I will give you the treasures of darkness. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. That sounds that sounds sort of deep. Okay. Now, all right. If we start thinking about dark, most of us, when we are in dark places, what we want to do is we want to get out of it right? as fast as possible. Okay. Uh, but there are lessons to be learned in darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, there are treasures there. And I think part of our discipleship, now remember this series is emotional discipleship. Mm-hmm. How do we grow regarding our emotions? As much as I hate to say what I'm saying, because emotionally we want to relieve the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times where we need to not run through the valley. Right. We just simply need to walk through it. Let's go back to Psalms 23 for just a moment. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. I will fear no evil. Um, again, God doesn't want you camping out there, right? Doesn't want you living there, but I do find it interesting. The psalmist did not say as I sprint right through the valley of the shadow of death. And so I I think there are some lessons that we have, that we can only Mm -hmm. learn in these dark places of life when things are confusing, when we can't see clearly, we don't understand what's happening. Uh, and it feels scary because grief can be scary because grief is right. you're, you just lost something and now life is about to change because of it. Right. And you don't know, especially the more, you know, if you lose a spouse or a child or a job, or you've been diagnosed with a health issue and I mean, and you're grieving over that. Some of these grief events are life changing game changers. And then the grief turns into anger. You, you go through that anger, you go through that right, grief process, right. which includes anger, fear, doubt. You go through all these weird emotions. Uh, and those are the, tre- and in that, that's that darkness, but there's treasures there that God wants to teach us. So I, what I'm trying to encourage the listener to do is don't push people through grief and right. don't try to run through grief if you're mm-hmm. in it. Just step back and say, okay, God, what are some treasures I need to learn about me, about others, and about you right. in this dark place. Now, I, hey, I get it. It's a lot easier to say that today in right, front of a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, we need to somehow see this as a, a deep learning uh, opportunity for us as right. disciples. And grief has to be processed. I mean, we've probably all known someone who has suffered some kind of loss and then just pretended like it didn't happen. Right. And when we don't process it, it can damage us. And, and honestly, that's part of, I think, why God wants us to process grief healthily, because to not process grief, you're going to process it, but by trying not to, it is an unhealthy way to do it. And so, yeah. Um, let's see. I, uh, I had a thought. I have a, I have a lot of thoughts. I'm just trying to figure out yes. which ones I want to share with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So when we're grieving, uh, or, you know, somebody's grieving. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are going to go through the stages of grief. And I mean, right. and this podcast is not about the stages of grief. Right. Uh, right. Uh, and most people are familiar with the five stages. Well, they've actually expanded it. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's, it's actually seven stages of grief now. And they've added a couple of things, which I like, it makes more sense. Well, you know, if you look at the seven stages versus the five stages, okay. you see what they're doing. And, um, you know, obviously the first stage is shock and denial. No, this is not happening. Right. This can't be, you know what I'm saying? They just, you know, I'm not, I don't have cancer. My spouse mm-hmm. isn't going to die. I'm not going to lose my job. 
you know, she's not going right. to break up with me. That's not, no, no. You know, the, the fair didn't right. happen, you know, whatever it is, right. you know, <clears throat> shocking to know. Uh, number two is the pain and guilt. You know, then those thoughts of, well, if only I would have, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I should have, you know, and so you start dealing with the pain and guilt with what's, what's happening. Right. And then it, then it turns into that anger and bargaining. You know, you right. get mad at God, you get mad at others. You sometimes even get mad at the person who died. I mean, how right, dare right. they die and leave us alone? That kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, should have, they should have taken care of themselves, you know, anger right. and start bargaining. All right, God, if you do this, I'll do that. Um, you know, or you start bargaining with yourself in right. some way. And, and then it moves into depression, loneliness and reflection. That's stage four, depression, loneliness and reflection. Mm -hmm. All right. That's usually when people think of grief, that's kind of what's normally what they're right. thinking about. Right. Uh, then that one of the new stages is called upward turn. And this is where you begin to want to engage and connect with your family and friends. Again, you start mm -hmm. not saying you're doing it, but you start thinking right. about okay, I need to get back to whatever the normal is or new normal. Uh, and that takes you into the next new stage is this, what they call reconstruction. Right. So you realize you can't change the circumstances, but you can alter your perception and behavior and you begin accepting the new normal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you begin to accept, okay, I don't have this person in my life. I don't have that job. I don't have that income. I don't have that right. health. And you're, you're trying to reframe what life looks like now you're reconstructing sure. your life you're rebuilding your life in light of this grief and then the final stage is acceptance and hope this is where you learn to be grateful what you what you had uh but you accept it that that it's, it's no longer it's just it's gone and uh right and you realize nothing stays the same and so uh but there's hope for a brighter future and that kind of, so those are the stages of grief that typically if you look up stages those are the seven stages of grief um uh let's see here all right let's go ahead and dive into this all right let's get into some bible here okay because we've sure. been going about 30 minutes here yeah <laughs> and uh all right so uh second corinthians chapter 7 verse 10 mm -hmm. Uh, says this for godly grief produces a repentance mm -hmm. that leads to salvation without regret but worldly grief produces death yeah okay what okay how would you explain mm -hmm. the difference between this godly grief that paul is talking about in this worldly grief he's talking about what's What's going on there? Well, this is great because we we use the letters to the Corinthians as this um, like beat down that Paul is laying on a church that's absolutely gone off the rails, you know. And <laughs> and so if we look back, it's um, Paul is talking about grief because he sent. He says, "I'm not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first because I know it was painful to you. Now I'm glad I sent it because it hurt you." not because it hurt you, sorry, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have. So you were not harmed by us in any way. And when we process grief, well, when we disciple our grief emotion, we are allowing God to work in us and change us to be more like him. And that's, kind of the goal with everything you know every facet of your life should be being changed by god and when we allow god to work through our grief it's discipleship he allows us to become more like him or he shapes us to be more like him worldly grief we tend to get sucked down a rabbit hole that leads to um you know it in the bible even about anger it says be angry but do not sin and so when we talk about grief it's almost the same way man yeah, grieve, but don't sin. Your grief can lead to outlashes of anger and getting stuck in, in worldly stuff or, or things like that. So godly grief changes it to be more like God. Worldly grief, I would say, changes us to be more like the world. Yeah. Um, okay, so godly grief, that little phrase, godly grief, it means uh, the grief of God, the way God grieves. Right. Okay. But from a human perspective, <clears throat> it is grief that draws us closer to God. Right. Okay. So it, that's why it, 
produces a repentance, a change. It, there's a change of mind in your change of attitude right. about something that leads to salvation. Uh, and the salvation is a big word. Okay. We're past, present, future. Right. He's not just talking simply about becoming born again. There's more going on right. here. All right. Sure. So, uh, but this godly grief will draw you closer to God and it leaves no regret. Right. It's like, man, this, I lost this, but I'm, I gave up that, right. that was taken away from me, but I am glad, <laughs> you know, right. Sure. I think an example of this would be the disciples themselves when he said, come follow me and I'll make you right. Christian man. So they left family, they left jobs, right. you know, and I'm sure there were times they grieved about that, especially when right. it wasn't sure. making any sense. Sure. Um, I think they may have second guessed themselves when Jesus was hanging on the cross dead. Right. Okay. And he was buried and they all mm -hmm. fled, you know, away. Sure. You know? <clears throat> but, uh, but eventually it, it was, uh, it was a grief that there was, there was no regret with it. Right. Okay. And, you know, and sometimes you have to allow time to, show you that, oh, I don't need to regret losing that. Uh, right. But you're still going to grieve because there's still a loss. Right, sure. that's, that's the thing. Sure. Okay. Godly grief is I have lost something right. that was important to me. And, but it has also produced this sense, greater awareness of who God is, what he wants right. me to do. Uh, it ha I'm, I'm, I've drawn closer to him and worldly grief does right the opposite. Right. It pushes you away from God. It causes you to turn your back on God. It causes you to uh, not trust him anymore. You now just going to trust in yourself, you know, your own willpower or whatever. It is worldly grief. And also worldly grief right. has no hope. It's just, okay, you know, there's, there's, there's no change whatsoever from worldly right. grief. There's, it's just, you grieve, you get angry, you get mad and you move on. I mean, it's just, right. that's worldly right. grief. Right. <clears throat> All right. But I do want to add one thing here. And let's see if I can explain this correctly. Um, okay. Now I may have said this in a, a pre, you know, once you start doing a lot of podcasts, you can't, especially emotional discipleship, a lot of things yeah. overlap. Um, all right. So hear me out. I'm going to say something that I think sounds controversial and weird until I explain it. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that happens in grief for some people, when they lose something very significant and it didn't come out the way they wanted mm -hmm. and God and didn't do what they wanted, you know, they didn't, God didn't perform the way they wanted him to perform. A lot of times in grief, people will quit God. Have I talked about this before? I don't know that you have, but it, it might've been with somebody else. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay. All right. So, and here's, and here, here's where I'm headed with this. Mm -hmm. There are times where I am convinced, I think some Christian Christians, well, I guess non-believers too, mm -hmm. they need it that the treasure of the darkness that we talked about, I will show you the treasures of the darkness. Mm -hmm. I think in those dark times, I think we sometimes we need to quit God. And here's the reason why. Because the God we created in our mind is not the God of the Bible. Right. So when we're actually quitting God, we're not really quitting God. We're quitting our image of God. Right. And it's, a, and it's in those dark places where God is able to reconstruct who he really is. And that we see him more clearly. Sure. Because, you know, up to the, up until a point where deep grief happens, you know, God is Santa Claus, man. He's God mm -hmm. is our grandpa. He's nice. Right. He's loving. He never lets anything bad happen to us. It gets me out of the jam all the time. You know, all this stuff, right. you know, I go to jail. He's going to pick me up. He brings me presents and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, there's more to God than that. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. And I think sometimes we have to quit the Santa Claus God, you know, mm -hmm. and I've seen this happen over the years where something, dr uh, dramatic, happens in a family's life and the in the family or an individual <clears throat> they begin questioning well how can god let this thing happen didn't we pray and ask right. for healing and god right, didn't right. heal and on and on it goes <clears throat> well whatever their false image of god is uh they need to quit it right okay and, and a lot of those... times that that false image of god uh tends to come from other christians doing the whole like 
or you didn't have enough faith or you didn't pray hard enough. Right. And that is also something that mm. you do not say. Yeah. Don't not get me helpful. Yeah, don't get me don't started start on that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. uh, bad things that Christians say. Yes. Uh, uh, so it's in these moments of grief, these dark places where I, I think most of our deeper spiritual growth really happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus knew what he was talking about. He knew what we were going to go through when he said, right. you know, uh, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross right, and die to yourself. Right. All right. And, um, and that is going to involve grief. Mm -hmm. You got to let some things go that you are sure. that you, about yourself that you find very precious. Sure. And, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And that may be, you know, uh, and I'm not talking about just things I'm talking about. There may be some beliefs that you got to let mm -hmm. go, you know, uh, anyway. Right. So that's another podcast for another conversation, uh, dying to self. Um, all right. Uh, so we got godly grief, worldly grief. We're really trying to talk about godly grief on how to grieve appropriately. Right. Um, all right. So what do, uh, what to, what do we do when grieving or what does the Bible say about grief that is practical in nature? And so, all right. Now, a lot of the things that we're about to talk about mm -hmm. over the next 15 minutes, and we'll, we'll, this will, we'll wrap it up with this is, all right. This is really just some, I mean, if you're sitting down with me at least and you say, Jeff, I'm grieving. What does the Bible say about what to do with grief? What am I, how do I get through all this? Okay. If you're there and that's what you're asking, <clears throat> uh, for one thing, I would say Psalm 88 verse nine, here's what it says. My eyes are dim with grief. That's a psalmist. They're dim. That means he's, he's tired. He's crying. I mean, that's right. all that stuff. There's something deep going on here. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, O oh Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Mm -hmm. All right. So number one, I do think if you are a follower of Jesus and you're grieving, uh, I would suggest that you have a conversation with the Lord about your grief. Mm -hmm. Tell him how you feel. Throw it on the table. Whatever you're angry about, mad about, disappointed about, disappointed with him. I mean, whatever it is that you, whatever's going on, you, you know, just have a real conversation with God about how you feel. Mm -hmm. And I want to, let me tell you, yep. uh, you can say whatever you want to God, you are not going to hurt his feelings. Right. <laughs> okay. You may get, you may get answered, which <laughs> might not go well, but I, I, I've, yeah, yeah I've ahead. had the experience where a lot of people are like, they're afraid to tell God how they feel because they feel like they're crossing some kind of line. And to a degree, I mean, there are lines that you can cross, but telling God how you feel, I mean, he already knows, you know, so saying it out loud sometimes is more for our benefit, but, you know, being able to have a real conversation with God is a, I mean, it's a very therapeutic thing and it's, um, I mean, he already knows. And like you said, you're not going to hurt his feelings. So no. And the thing is, okay, here's the thing. Christians have been taught how to pray based mm -hmm. on certain things like this. Yes. All right. When we talk about prayers, we'll say things like, well, you can praise him. Mm -hmm. You can thank him. Right. You can intercede. Ask for somebody help in the hospital. Supplications. Pray for your kids, <laughs> your food, bless yep. your food. Right. You know, you know, it, the, all these, yell you at know. God, wait, what yell at God? That one wasn't in there when I was a no. kid, man. Which finger did that go? We did yeah. the whole, like, right. No, you know, learn how to pray on your fingers and yelling at God was right. not on. Whatever. And there so. is a, there's a biblical prayer that nobody wants to talk about because it's not exciting and nobody wants to teach it. Uh, two thirds of the Psalms have them in them. And there's a whole book in the Bible called it, called it lamentations yep. lament and it those are prayers of grief that's what that's all that is mm -hmm. and um and I we mean, don't know how at, yeah yeah look at job i mean you know we bring up job as an example sometimes for this but i mean he's got chapters in job where he is just letting god have it and that's where my answer of you might get answered comes from because job lets god have it and then suddenly god is like all right get ready it's my turn <laughs> you know, and that didn't, but it did. I mean, it did knock Job back into his, his understanding of God. And so, yeah. So I guess for me, I'm, I'm just saying mm -hmm. it's just when you're grieving, you can let God have it. 
Right, right. He, I mean, he he knows you. He knows your heart. Right. He knows you're frustrated, and you're not going to tell God. He's not going to go. I didn't know you felt that way right. about. I me. didn't he's, know you he's were not mad gonna at me. That. Right. I didn't know you were mad at me for letting I, your dad die. I, no, I, I mean you're mad is, at me because right. I, you didn't. You know, you don't understand what I'm doing. I, right. You know, and I didn't answer your prayer the way you wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's not. I mean, he the, he is more. He he loves you more than you love him. Right. All right. Uh, he is not an angry heavenly father. Right. He is a loving heavenly father. He will discipline those whom he loves, mm-hmm. but, but he knows how to have real conversations and he right. will listen to you. So, uh, so pray, th- pray through your grief is what I'm saying. Right. Another aspect of this, uh, what do you do when grieving? Um, you know, grow from your grief. I mean, if you're at the point where you can say, okay, let me think through this. How can I grow? So first Peter chapter one, verse six says this. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Now, the context is really persecution, but there's some folks losing moms, dads, brothers, sisters, friends, because they're followers of Jesus. People having to scatter out. They're moving away uh, to other places due to uh, persecution, some being executed due to it. Okay. A lot going on here, but it encompasses grief. So he says, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Mm -hmm. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So here's the thing. I'm convinced this is where we don't need to rush through grief again. All right. When you're suffering grief, this is this is an opportunity that your faith can grow and your faith can be proved genuine. I want to tell you, right. it, it doesn't take a whole lot of this, my faith is not proved to you if I've got a million dollars. Well, I'm trusting right. God to provide for my food today. I've got right. a million bucks. <laughs> okay, that's just yeah. no, that's not how it works. And however, when I'm suffering or when I'm specifically grieving. Uh, now all of a sudden faith becomes real. Can I trust God when something I loved is now gone? Right. Uh, something that was precious to me is now gone. Can I trust God for either allowing it to be taken away or for him taking it away? Mm Um, and do I still trust him in these dark places in my life? Uh, and those are the kinds of moments. That's the kind of faith that will result in praise, glory, and honor right. for the Lord. That, that's where it happens. Right. Um, so, so here's a dangerous prayer. Lord, give me an opportunity to give you, to bring you praise, glory, and honor. Based on first Peter, it could be, you just asked for a season of grief to prove that your faith is real. Does that make sense? It does. So just processing what I pray for now a little more carefully. <laughs> yes. And, and yeah. I'm not saying that's, that's a good thing to pray for. Just right. Be ready. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, spiritual growth, emotional discipleship, uh, does not happen in a classroom. Right. Okay. You, you first of all have to if you're going to grow emotionally, you have to be aware where you're emotionally immature or weak right. at. Okay. And seasons of grief will show you that. I mean, yeah. they, it just, yeah. And if you don't see it, the people around you, they will definitely see it probably yeah. before you do. So and it's the same thing. I mean, as every other, every other thing in the world, education is not the same as experience and That's both right. yeah. are good and education can prepare you for the experience, but man, knowing your Bible is not knowing God necessarily, you know no, what I mean? No, not at and all. So, um, in a way, yes, but it's also, like I said, that you said that, that that doesn't happen in a classroom and it doesn't, it happens through real world experience there. And so, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only time I grieved in the classroom is when the teacher <laughs> handed back a test and it said elf on it. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't have that experience. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's okay though. I mean, you know, yeah, that's all right. Well, I didn't have a whole lot of that experience, but I did have a few times, but, uh, but however, that was an anticipatory grief because if there I got go. an L or a D or C or something, I knew it was coming. You know, there was no, like, I wonder if I got an A. No, I knew 
<laughs> that was okay. Um, all right, if we're grieving, um, I'm going to suggest this. If you're grieving today, uh, let others grieve with you. Yes. All right. Now, Romans 12, 15, Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're mourning, let other people mourn with you. Mm -hmm. uh, and what does that look like? It doesn't look like much <laughs> because usually right. those who are mourning with you, they're just sitting there and not saying right. a whole lot. That's what I was going to say. You, you kind of have to. So when my granddad died, um, I had, oh gosh, man, four, four or five just phenomenal friends at that point. And I was in high school, man. This doesn't, high schoolers don't do this. And so a really good group of close Christian friends, they brought over, they came by that night. I heard I was, you know, doing really poorly. They came over that night. One of them brought a DVD of Will Ferrell's best SNL moments. And we just sat around and watched and, and stuff like that is healthy. Um, you can pick the wrong people to mourn with you, obviously. So, you know, going back to Job, man, his friends showed up and all they did was throw platitudes at him. They weren't mourning with him. They were trying to fix him and, and, and they were trying to fix his situation. And um, as well-meaning as people are, there are people that you don't necessarily need to let mourn with you um, because they will drag you into that worldly grief. And so. You know. Well, here's the thing. If you're mourning with someone, mm -hmm. meaning it, it's their grief, really not yours, but right. you, you are, you're going to help carry the load with them. Right. Mourning with those who mourn is not fixing them while right. they mourn. Okay. Right. When you're mourning with someone, you're not trying right. to fix them. That's not, right. that's not what the conversation's right, about. Yeah. Nope. You're just loving them being there. You're, you're practicing you're practicing the, your presence. Right. Right. Okay. You're and being I think there that's something, for them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, I, and, and there, even though Seinfeld made front fun of, I'll be there for you in yes. one episode. Yes. Okay. Um, or I'm here for you. Right. Right. Okay. Even though they made fun of that, uh, no, there's real power in that. Right. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> Because sometimes, you know, and you don't have to have, when you're mourning with those who mourn, you don't, you don't have to worry about saying anything. You don't mm -hmm. have to worry about having an answer to anything. Even right. if they ask a question, it's okay. Say, mm -hmm. man, I don't right. know. That's a good question. Right. Uh, you know, uh, it's just mourning with those who mourn. So mourn right. with them, let people mourn with you if you're, if you're grieving. Right. Um, and I would also add, uh, embrace God's word while you grieve. So Psalms eleven twenty eight says, my soul is weary with sorrow, man. Okay. So we're talking with deep grief at this point. My soul is weary and worn out with right. sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Okay. <clears throat> when you are grieving, part of the prescription, the medication for your soul mm -hmm is God's word. So if you're sick, you go to the doctor and he says, here, take these antibiotics or whatever. Uh, you're going to go get the medicine. You're going to take it. Right. You may not feel like taking it. You may not feel like going to the store and getting it, you know, but you may have somebody go get it for you or whatever, but, uh, you're still going to take it because you want to get better. Well, that's what, how God word works. You, you, you've got to get into his word and there's key passages that, you know, uh, we're not going to get into today, but that you mm -hmm. can read, um, uh, during those times and, but just stay in his word. Um, okay. So I'm not a big Bible audio guy mm -hmm. listening to the Bible. You know what we would say, listen to the Bible on tape, but right, now right, it's, you know, right. it's online. Sure. Uh, yeah. but, um, I'm starting to get into it more and more. And, and, uh, like if I'm mm -hmm. doing something and I just want to, I want to remind myself of a story, I'll go to that section, listen to it. Right. Uh, and so, but I usually like the dramatic version where they got the sound mm -hmm. effects and yeah, all man. of that. Right. Yeah. There's some cool stuff out there. Yeah. With the different yeah. actors doing the different voices. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're literally just reading the Bible. Right. Right. But it's not just one guy reading, you know, they right. throw sound effects in there. So, um, uh, I mean, you can do that, but whatever you do, just get the word coming in right. in some way. Any thoughts about any, any of that, Chris? Yeah. I mean, the Bible is a good book. I mean, you know, I know that sounds obvious, but we, we believe that the Bible is the word of God. It's helpful. Um, 
the Bible itself says, you know, the word of God is good for every situation. It doesn't say every bit of the Bible is good for every situation. So maybe, you know, pick specific passages, some, some different areas where we're talking about the thing at hand. You know, I've got a book down here called uh, Don't Sing Songs to a Heavy Heart, I think is what it's called. And it's a great book on grief and how to comfort those who are grieving or, you know, just shut up and get out of the way and let them grieve and be there with them like we talked about. And I mean, some of that idea is, hey, man, we're not spouting passages off about them about how God brings joy and peace. You know, sometimes that can be helpful. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes that's not something they need to hear. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying not to read the whole Bible. Don't somebody's going to take this out of context and be like, Chris said, don't read the whole Bible. What I'm saying is sometimes different passages are more helpful than others. I mean, I'm not going to spit a passage off about, you know, something that somebody's struggling with about a whole different sin. That doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, different parts of the Bible are, are different prescriptions for different things sometimes. Well, in some ways, I think it's okay to let the Bible mourn with you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Meaning reading this, some of those Psalms and, and other prayers in the Bible, uh, mm-hmm. where or examples of the Bible where people lost stuff and they're yeah. lamenting over it. And right. over. Cause I mean, when you read it, you're thinking, okay, this is not new. I'm not going through anything right. strange here. Uh, it's new to me, but it's not new. Uh, they made it through it. I can make it yeah. through it. God did not abandon them. He will not abandon me. You know, that kind of right. thing. Cause right. also, when, when you grieve, you have weird thoughts, man. Oh, absolutely. They're great. irrational. Yeah. They don't make sense. They're yes. all they're emotional, you know, that kind right. of thing. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So uh, we got a, just a couple of minutes yeah. here. Yeah. Um, all right. So what are some results of grief? I mean, what are some benefits of grief? Um, well, there are several, but I, I'm going to, I'm just going to mention one because of time and <clears throat> grief will give you a deeper life okay deeper ministry deeper life right. and so i'm gonna i'm gonna read second corinthians chapter one verse three mm-hmm. uh and unpack some things for us so it says this all praise to god the father of our lord jesus christ god is our merciful father and the source of all comfort okay so god is the source of all comfort that's very important right he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Okay, one of the lessons that we've got to embrace is that when you are grieving over something, um, there's going to be an opportunity for you to share what you learn with somebody else going through the same thing. Right. Now, let me stop here before I, I keep reading out of Second Corinthians chapter 1. The other day, talking to a guy. Um, we're talking about an adult man. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, he is struggling with his relationship with his living father. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they had issues their whole lives. And we were talking about, <clears throat> and his father's an alcoholic as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, as he was talking about what he was feeling, what he was thinking, and he was struggling with it, he was struggling with guilt because of what he was thinking about and how he didn't like his dad. And Mm -hmm. and again, we're talking about an adult man talking here and, um, and a lot of, there's a lot of issues there. I mean, we spent a while, about an hour talking about all this. And so, um, so I shared with him my journey. Mm -hmm. Okay. About how. I grieved. I was angry. I was mad at my own dad. Uh, how, how I, you know, I, I shared things with him. Like when I saw that he was calling me, I didn't answer cause he was probably drunk and I wait for him to leave a message. And if he was sober, I called him back. If he wasn't, you know, I didn't call him back. Uh, and I talked about how my emotions, I felt that when he, like when father's day came around, I hated it because I felt obligated to call him you know, talk to him and, uh, or on his birthday. And, and then, but when he passed away, it was like a burden was lifted off of me. And so it was, I mean, and we talked about all this stuff that as Christians, like 
is it okay to be glad when somebody dies? I mean, that, I mean, and we were struggling with all that. You follow what I'm saying here, okay? Right, absolutely. So now I'm down the road on all this, and I've been able to process all this. And we were talking about what the Bible says and how do we view this, how do we honor them, even though we don't like them and all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> um, and so uh, I would not have been able to bring any wisdom to the table. Mm-hmm. First of all, if I didn't know any word, no, you know, the, you know, the Bible, uh, or if I, if, and if I hadn't been able to experience it. Okay. So the comfort that God gave me, and we talked about what kind of comfort and advice and wisdom I got from others while I was going through what he is currently going through. Right. Um, it really is significant in verse four. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Right. Uh, what I learned, I just passed on, but now, Mm-hmm. The Bible goes on to say, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Right. Okay, here's the thing. If you don't embrace God, quit the false gods you've created, embrace the true God in the moments of mm-hmm. darkness. If you don't learn how to die to self, learn the lessons in the valley, mm-hmm. and receive comfort while you're there, I mean, genuine, deep comfort. Right. Uh, from the spirit of God and from others and whatever God's doing in your life, learn the lessons there. Uh, you're not going to be able to bring the same level of comfort to anyone else. Right. Right. Okay. So the deeper you go in your lessons learned and receiving from God in these valleys, the deeper your advice and help can go with others. Sure. And I'm not talking about communicating well. Right. Uh, right. I'm just talking about letting God go to the deep part of you so you can be used by God to go to the deep part of others. Right. Uh, cause a lot of people are just uncomfortable going past surface stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, uh, there's more to the, that verse and you can look it up. It's in sure. second Corinthians chapter one, but grief gives us a deeper life, mm-hmm. which produces a deeper ministry to those around us. All right, man. Um, I could talk for another hour on this, but you got any last comments, man? No, I think that's really good, man. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, All right. So uh, again, if you made it this far into the podcast, congratulations. It's an hour. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I hope this has been helpful to you. We do ask that you do one thing, share it. If this has been a blessing to you, you found it helpful, you know, share it with others. Uh, You know, we would love to be able to, uh, be a blessing to other folks and just get help. It'll help us get the word out about the podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do appreciate that. Uh, All right. So next time we'll be talking, me and Preston Thompson, we'll be talking about fear and how that Mm -hmm. affects Christians and the churches and ministry altogether. And what does God have to say that? And how do you process all of that? Well, until next time, man. uh, I don't know. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. There you go. That's what I'm trying to say. See you next time. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.